You are witches. The most powerful trio of witches. The highly anticipated new series. You're the charmed ones. Nothing is stronger than your sisterhood. From the creator of Jane the Virgin. Throughout history, strong women were called witches, and we are. We have to unite. The powerful series premiere, Charmed, following the season premiere of Supergirl, tonight on The CW. It all starts at 8 p.m. Supergirl, followed by Charmed, only on PIX11, The CW. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Girlfriend Network, where women stay connected with your host, Nick and Karishma, right here on the Love Zone USA. Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome to the Love Zone USA. This is the Girlfriend Network right here on the Love Zone USA. Hope everyone is having a splendid week. It is quite a rainy day over here in the East Coast, but you are here tonight with your lovely host, me, Karishma, and Nikone Martin. Nikone Martin, are you there? I am. Hello, Karish, and hello, listeners. Welcome back, everybody. How are you, Karish? I am doing wonderful. I'm, um, and Nicole, we just have, we have to get, there's so much has happened. I know it's been a, a long lot. time since we've come back to our listeners, but, you know, we had our fun little summer break, but this past week, things have been going crazy. So, first off, I'm super excited about tonight's show. We're going to have um, a wonderful special guest, Dr. Aaron Turpo, in tonight, and we're going to talk about why are you emotionally unavailable, and that <laughs> could go for a lot of us, right? True. You could be emotionally unavailable in a relationship or even to your friends, especially in today's society. I feel like we keep ourselves so guarded. So I'm excited to get into that. But speaking of all these crazy emotions and everything going on, can we first, my favorite thing I want to talk about with you, Nicole, whose side are you on, Cardi B versus Nikki? Which side? Which side are you on? God, I'm kind of neutral to the situation because I get both sides from what I heard. Now, I haven't heard mm-hmm. that much, but, you know, I did hear that something went down, you know, at this party at Fashion mm-hmm. Week, right? And I mm-hmm. heard that Cardi B is basically sick of Nikki jawing at her, and they thought they had pieced whatever up, and Nikki still comes for her, and now recently says something about her parenting skills. Is that what I'm hearing? And Cardi B kind of flew off the handle, and shoes started flying, and I heard her skirt was up over her head, and she came out with a knot on her head. <laughs> yeah, she came out with, like, a huge bump on her eyebrow. But I, see, I, I don't know. I'm a little, I think that they had this feud, and I feel like there's a lot of kind of, like, jealousy or something where it's like they could work it out. I feel like if they got it and like collabed, like it would have been awesome. And I think a lot of times in the industry, especially, and it kind of goes back because there's so much happening with women, especially being a woman in the industry that it's almost like, oh, there's only room for one of you to succeed because that's all that's allowed. And that's kind of this message that's been put into people's head where it's like, no, if there's going to be a female rapper, there can only be one. And like, oh, Nicki Minaj came and killed it because, you know, Lil' Kim was done. And now, you know, and I feel like at that time you start to get insecure, you start to worry, you start to think, oh, mm-hmm. am I losing my number one status to the new girl on the yes. block? When, when there's male rappers that new people come all the time and there's still so much room. And, um, sure. yeah, I, I, you know, back to the kind of double standard, did, did you watch the match this weekend with Serena Williams? I did so, not yes, watch I... the match. I missed it, mm-hmm. but I heard about the happenings with that as well. Um, I know. I so... I absolutely Wait. love Serena Williams. She is my oh, favorite athlete. I think she She's is a beast. phenomenal. She is amazing. And I, I actually didn't get to watch the match, and I was really upset, but I watched the highlights of how everything happened and what happened with the, you know, umpire and everything like that. And – 
it, it really was unfair, and what she was saying was true because ultimately, you know, she called him a thief, and she said that male tennis players have called umpires a lot worse, and I'm sure they probably cussed him out, and nothing has happened, and she lost the game, right. which, you know, and I felt bad because it was a big um, day in history for the winner, Naomi, because she's half Japanese, half Haitian, and it was the first time, you know, a woman from Japan won the U.S. Open final, and it, it just kind of got, I felt like her, because of everything that happened, her win also got drowned out because people were booing at the end. Um, and I thought Serena Williams was such a great person to kind of come in. And, you know, that girl was playing against her idol. She's playing against Serena Williams, who's like, she's right. a big fan of. And Serena came out and was like, please stop the booing and, you know, be positive. And I just think that shows that it, it's not, you know, some people want to paint it out like Serena's having a tra- tantrum and it, it was not. She's, Amazing! It right. was just crazy, scandalous. And but yeah. it was entertaining. I was watching. I was like, "Ooh, like Serena, don't let that. Don't let him just kind of." I know. She's been uh, she's been getting the business lately. Has even uh, something about her outfit recently? She came out. What did she come out in a cat suit or something? And they weren't happy with that. And then she reemerged like in a tutu. Mm-hmm. Did you know about that? So I'm yeah. just like, um, they are really, like, trying to uh, give it to Serena. But, yeah, I think it's unfair because what's that tennis player's name? McIntyre or whatever or whatever who is known for tirades on the court and throwing his racket and just having all types of hissy fits. And, um, yeah, I don't really remember people making such a big stink out of you know, his attitude, I think he may have got fined, but he was basically, from the, for the most part, from what I remember, allowed to carry on this way. And this became, like, a part of his brand and his staple. Like, everybody, there was even commercials that he did that, you know, made fun of his rants and his tirades. So, you know, it was just something that they instituted within his brand, and it was cool. So now, like, and here's how I feel. I feel when you are at that status as an athlete, whether you are Serena Williams, a LeBron James, a Dak Prescott, whoever, and you, you know, are performing at the highest level um, of your sport, you are going to be emotional, you are going to have that type of energy, and, you know, sometimes you're going to want to emote that energy, and it may come out that way. So I think we or the referees or whoever need to be a little bit more understanding and empathetic to that, you know, mm-hmm. as long as it's not calling anybody harm or, um, you know, anything physical is happening between players, okay. But if you just got to blow off steam, like, I think, you know, sometimes um, – it's okay, you know, because we're all human at the end of the day, and we're all emotional. I mean, it's just part of our makeup. So um, that's just how I feel. But and um, and when you're yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I mean, I just think about it. Like when you're, you know, your body is just being like so much force. You're exerting. Like you're really going hard. Like your adrenaline is pumping at a whole nother level. Like your energy level is on. Like is on. It's just out of bounds. So you are going to react differently and you're, you know, you're playing the U S open final. Like it's not, there's, it's, she was calm and collected, but I think it was natural that she's getting upset because it was one thing after another, because first it was basically him saying like, Oh, you're cheating because your coach is giving, you know, he's giving you coaching. Um, And then it was, okay, now you're racket. And then it was, Oh, um, you called me a thief. Now verbal abuse, you lost your game. So I think it also, right. I'm sure on his end, it was probably also like, I'm getting irritated with you too. And let me show you what you can and can't do here. You know, and I, right. I think it gets yeah. messy where at that point, it is hard to just stay there and focus because, you know, yeah. you lost a whole game. You have to go back yeah. it and it's not easy. It's not. It's all about um, a lot of things are going on that, you know, we're being led by our emotions. Same thing with. Cardi B and Nikki, look, I get it because that's happened to me in my personal life. When you just have someone that is constantly jawing at you and jawing at you and you are just trying to live your best life and you're ignoring the BS, 
but you still got mm-hmm. this person coming for you, even if you have a sit-down conversation with them, you think that you piece it up, and this person is still coming for you, I understand where people black out. You know, hell, it's happened to me. Like, you know, mm-hmm. what the hell? You just push the wrong button on the wrong day, the wrong time, and then stuff pops off. Now, as far as Cardi B, Cardi B, you're bigger than that now. You're a celebrity. You're a millionaire. You're all these things. So you're at Fashion Week. You're at, like, the top of it in New York, you know, Fashion Week. It don't get any bigger than that. I'm sure you were dressed. I didn't see any pictures, but I'm sure you were dressed, you know, like fire. And, you know, you expect hair and nails done and you're fleeked out. Like, you have to understand where you are and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate in these certain situations. Now, you think she's going to be invited back? So now, mm-hmm. you know, people are looking at her differently. You're building a brand. Like, okay, Cardi, we know you are who you are. You know, we know you're from Brooklyn or wherever, and we know you got a mouth, and that's one of the things that we love about you. I know me personally, she's one that's always spoke her mind and don't give a damn. But still, you know, you're at a higher level, a higher platform. You're in a different setting. You have to recognize where you are. You have to act accordingly. So, like, throwing your shoes and crap like that, no, I don't agree with that at all. You know, she just Mm -hmm. should have said to Nikki, you know, we'll get back. You know, I'm going to circle back for you at a later time. But, you know, poof, be gone. You know. Right. And I think, too, there is jealousy there. I think Nikki is, they say, there's been talk about Nikki is bullying her. And I think there is some jealousy there because, let's face it, Cardi is what's hot right now. Cardi is mm-hmm. doing ads on television. You know, she's doing voiceovers. You know, her songs are all hits, you know, so she just had a baby. It's a lot going on with Cardi. So Nikki just put out an album, and she's trying to be relevant again. And me personally, I'm not feeling Nikki like I used to. Mm-hmm. So and I I'm get rocking it. with Cardi. <laughs> I like Cardi's <laughs> vibe right now. So, you know, hey. I think everyone is just. Everyone was just caught up in their feelings. And speaking of that, we're going to go into In My Feelings by Drake. We'll be right back right here on the Girlfriend Network.
it's just, huh, it's just, <laughs> um, you know, typically I've learned to keep my relationships off of social media just, um, mm-hmm. you know, for that reason. What's your, what's your feeling on that and social media? Do you think it helps, it hinders, or, or what? I, I think right now, I think with social media, um, it's just kind of always used as a marketing tool, even uh, as a like just as a person in your brand and things like that. So I think that people see other people's social media and feel the need to keep up appearances, and they don't understand. It, it's more just about portraying the perfect life than actually trying to be yeah. mm-hmm. For real. Yes. So with all that being said, we are blessed to have Black America's Love Doctor on, who is a voted Lacey top counselor in Atlanta, where he resides and practices. He is a best-selling mm-hmm. author. Um, he specializes in heart-centered hypnotherapy, and I want to talk to him about that. And we have Dr. Aaron Turpo. Dr. Turpo, are you here with us? Yes, I am. Hello. How are you? Oh, my goodness. Hello. How are you? Doing wonderful, wonderful. Sounds like you're having a good conversation. I'm enjoying listening. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Yes, we're so happy to have you, me and Karishma. We have so many questions for you. I've been on your website. I've listened to a couple of your videos. We've done our homework. So, um, Dr. Chappelle, why don't you just introduce yourself to um, to our listeners quickly, let them know who you are and what your specialty is as the Black America Love Doctor. Love it. Sure. <laughs> sure. My name is Dr. Aaron Turpo. I'm Black America's Love Doctor, and I specialize in helping people with their love relationships. If you're single, finding a love relationship. If you're in a relationship that's uh, damaged and it's, you're really being stressed and it's not going well, I help people with that as well. Um, I also uh, am known for my book, The Harmonious Way. It's the Essence Magazine bestseller. It's about how to find love and marriage by playing your true note. And so, as well as my YouTube channel, as you mentioned. Dr. Turpo, thank you so much. We're so, so excited um, to have you here on the show. Now, I, I want to clarify for the listeners, um, and kind of for me as well, in today's day and age, what what does it mean for someone to be emotionally unavailable versus maybe they're just not that interested or they don't express emotion that way? What does it mean to be emotionally unavailable in a relationship? Well, there's different ways you can be emotionally unavailable. Um, one way you can be emotionally unavailable is that you have issues um, from the past that have made you not want to connect with people emotionally. All of us have wounds that happen to us as we grow older. Um, yin and yang, female and male energy, uh, they are desired to they're attracted to and they desire to join with each other. You've probably seen the black fish and the white fish symbol and the Taoistic symbol, the yin and yang symbol. That mm-hmm. is a symbol of the male yin and yang energy wanting to come together. However, as we go through life we get wounded and we start building walls around our heart. And as we start building walls around our heart it's harder to merge with another soul. It's hard for yin and yang to merge with each other. And so uh, we become unavailable because basically we're afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we're afraid to be vulnerable enough to join with someone, it's hard to break through those walls. That coupled with the message that we have in the media through the songs and television, constant message of strong independence, 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 independence. And that this, it's good to be independent to an extent, but we've overdone it in our culture. And I would go further to say even in the black culture, it's even more attractive, this independence. And we wear it like it's a badge, not understanding that it's arrested development with the ultimate goal being interdependence. But we stop at independence, and we think that's the, the strong thing to have. It's not the, It's not the ideal. I agree with that 100%. And I'm just, when you're saying that, I'm like, wow, I'm really thinking. And I hear so many of my girlfriends in my head saying, hey, I'm independent. I don't need a man. I can do this on my own. I can pay my own bills. I can buy my own yeah. cars. <laughs> and yeah. a lot of times those, us get, we get in trouble that way. Yeah, yeah, you're making yourself be uh, emotionally unavailable. And you're wearing it like a badge. And you're saying, I don't need anybody. 
human beings need people. We are social beings. We need companionship. We need food. We need water. We need shelter. We need money. We need oxygen. We need a lot of things. But we also need people. You don't hear people say, mm-hmm. well, I may want food, but I don't need food. You don't hear people say, well, right. I, may want, I may want money, but I don't need money. But they say it all the time about other human beings. And that's just not ideal. That's just uh, dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. That dysfunction wow. has become so normal that it's, it's, it's a sad state of affairs now. Yes. And so, go ahead. Go ahead, Nicole. Oh, okay. I was just about how do you think that dating today and kind of the way people find one another, especially you know through social media and all these different apps and kind of always finding the next best thing. Do you think that on some level most people are already entering these relationships like slightly emotionally unavailable because they kind of don't want to give their full heart out until they you know maybe find something better or somebody kind of ticks all the boxes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's become a, a, a curious animal now. At least there, at least if you're trying through your particular vehicle to try to get out there and to meet people, but people are hiding behind their phones these days. And yeah. they're, uh, even in the social gatherings, I'll, I'll shake my head because I'll see, uh, particularly the younger, the more likely, but even adult, even people in older age, that they'll hide behind their phones. And I'm like, why did you come out here to a social gathering? And you're acting, half of them ain't really looking at anything. They're just pretending like they are because they, they feel socially awkward because they haven't had any practice growing up to engage, mm-hmm. how to deal with the awkward silence. And so they hide behind the phone because they don't know what else to do or how to strike up a conversation. And so what we have to do is do what people did in the old days, power through, suffer the awkward silence. <laughs> Go ahead and strike up a conversation. <laughs> Uh, I dropped my son off to college recently And I was telling him, hey man, you need to strike up a conversation With people And he said, yeah, you're right, I need to So I get to meet people So he started doing that in the hallways He would, um, you know, hello, say hello to people And speak to them And it, I just, I, I chuckled Because when he would do that It it freaked them out That some, a human being was talking to them <laughs> And I was like, yeah. I was like This is crazy You know, he's like, what are you doing talking to me, man? <laughs> so, I mean, it's really um, a disconnect we hide behind these screens, and it's really getting in the way of intimacy. So we have to control the screens. We cannot let screens take over. We have to control the screens. When I say screens, I mean laptops, telephones, television. we got to not let these technologies um, take us away from our emotional connection with each other. If we do, then we we are making ourselves more and more emotionally unavailable. That's so true with the social media. My girlfriends, there's been a couple of them have absolutely complained where they go out, they meet someone, he asks for their number, they give him their number, and then, like, they just commence to texting all day and all night, Dr. Turpo. They never call, like, and right. talk to them <laughs> one-on-one and have a conversation, learn their voice and their mannerisms. Like, everything is through text, even, like, asking to see them. It's like through a text, hey, what you doing tonight? Want to get together? Like, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm a little older than Karishma, so I relate to back in the day where we didn't have all this social media going on. I was talking to a guy from my mama's phone that was hanging off the wall in the kitchen with the cord wrapped around the corner, you know, for privacy. You know, so, like, (laughs) and that's the only way we were communicating. So, like, all this is, like, crazy. I, too, have been guilty where I've gotten into that like mode, oh, I don't feel like talking to this person. I just want to text, you know, not necessarily someone yeah. that I'm dating. That could be friends, relatives, like, uh, you know. So I, too, have fallen victim to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have to take control over it, especially in dating. You want to get to know people. It's better to come behind the, come from behind the screens and go ahead and have some actual human interaction face-to-face. Yes, Um the the other thing I want to know, Dr. Trapeau, I want uh, you to talk about you a little bit in your history. Now, I was surprised to learn that you were married yourself early and divorced, yeah. divorced at the age of 25. And yeah. you went on to say that because of this, you went and pursued more degrees, got more education, more schooling, and you found out 
that you have to love, learn how to love the right person and learn how to love the right way. So can Correct. you talk about that? And how do we know when we're loving the right person or even loving them, you know, the right way versus the wrong way? Right. You need to you need to do both. You need to love the right person and love the right way. One without the other one do. If you find the right person but you're loving them the wrong way, then you have a, a potential to mess up a potentially good relationship. But if you're doing all the right things, loving the right way, but you're with the wrong person, then it doesn't matter how much you do. You're not you're just really trying to force a square peg into a round hole. And so it doesn't matter. Um, if you're doing all the right things, if you're not with a compatible person. So when I say the right person, what I mean is you have to take the time out to figure out whether or not uh, I am compatible with this person. Not do I love this person. I mean, we I mean, we get so, in our culture, we are so, uh, it, it's in the movies. What, do you love him? You know, there's always some older person in the movie, right, and person's having relationship problems, and they go to, Right. They go to Grandmama M and Grandmama M or grand, Granddaddy will say, "Well, baby, do you love him? You know." Right. <laughs> you sound like Tom. Well, baby, baby, that's all that matters. Did you love him? Don't worry about it. You love him, and that's right. such bullshit. <laughs> so, right. I mean, yes, love him is good, but that's not the most important question. The more important question for marriage is, can you live with this person for the long haul? Not do you love him. I mean, if right. I waited to stop loving my first wife, I never would have would have left her. You, you wow. got love is not enough. It's not. I love agree. is not enough. But we get into That's this emotional realm. Realm people put more energy and thought into where they're going to buy, what house they're going to buy, the car they're going to buy, the investments they're going to make, than they do in selecting a, a a love partner. They want to depend on emotional whims and chemistry and that type of thing. And that is too big of a decision to, to 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 depend on things that are so whimsical and can change. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, a lot of my girlfriends. I know. I, and I'm always I saying, know it's not pretty. And, what I'm saying is not romantic and pretty, but hey, I just shoot straight with you. <laughs> right. No, we appreciate that, and that's the stuff that we want to hear. Like, um, I keep saying my girlfriends because I'm not guilty of any of this, but a lot of my girlfriends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They get wrapped up in the wedding. Like, we, a lot of us women, like, we already know what type of wedding we want at a very young age. And I know a lot of couples, for real, 100%, that were all caught up into the wedding, had this big wedding, and were divorced, like, within five years. I know a couple who didn't even make it, like, six months. So, oh, I, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel, I feel yeah, you. That's how I, I yeah. hear more and more stories. Like, I, you, you know, it's kind of like a phase. You see everyone getting together, and then you see everyone getting married, and then you start seeing everyone splitting up, and it's really sad. And I think the big problem with today is just, it's again, a lot of unrealistic expectations. So people mm-hmm. are getting married before they're ready, or they're not putting in yeah. the maybe the proper effort, like going and getting just some counseling or really talking about the serious matters, and then people are thrown into this marriage, and they don't even know right. how to communicate the basics with one another. And, um, right. yeah, we're, you know, it's, it's crazy. We're going to go into a song, and we'll be right back to discuss all more about Emotionally Unavailable and how to fix it and how it just – Dr. Aaron Trapoche um, is going to give us all the advice in the world. So, listeners, be with us. We're going to go into Weep by Jeremiah. I'm about to see, I close my eyes, they can't see you in here though Most of them need all the signs to make every day your birthday And every night your valentine But
What's up, you guys? This is Eric Benet, and I want to spend an evening with you, my fans, on the Love Zone, USA.com. On Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, I'll be stopping by the Love Zone, USA.com, to share my music from past, present, and future. So come on by and join me Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern so we can spend an evening together on the Love Zone, Love Zone USA.com. Wonderful Nicone and our special guest today, Dr. Aaron Turpo. We're talking about why you are emotionally unavailable and all things related. Um, Dr. Turpo, you, you mentioned um, your book, which is a bestseller. Can you tell us the inspiration behind it and, you know, let the listeners know a bit about it? Sure. First of all, I just want to ask, what, what, was, the name of that song? what was the name of the artist that did that song that we were listening to? Of the song that, was the name Jeremiah or something? Yeah, the song we just heard. What was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeremiah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, because when I heard when it came on, it was like groaning. Like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness, is a young man okay? I don't know if he's okay. <laughs> I was concerned. <laughs> anyway, so, all right. Hello. Yes, he's Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. He's emotionally unavailable right now, so he, yeah, he needs some help. <laughs> okay. But um, inspiration for my book, um, I met my um, my first marriage didn't work out. And I was one of those marriages that lasted un- under a year. Uh, I had a big grand wedding, standing room wow. only, wedding reception in City Hall in Atlanta. It was a big to-do. Lasted, <laughs> lasted less than a year. Now my current, my current wife, you know, I've been married since '92. We got married in the courthouse, so it's not where you where you get married. How much money you spend on the wedding? Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. I think it's so dumb anyway. But yeah, yeah the the um, but the inspiration behind the book was that first marriage not working out. Uh, got married for the wrong reasons. She was fine, the sex was good, and I was trying to legitimize my uh, uh, sexual behavior because I want to be a good Christian. So that's mm-hmm. essentially what it came down to. <laughs> so, uh, and I wanted to make her into something that she was not. I was trying to help help her to be a married woman, like like you said, she wasn't ready to be married. And so a lot of people, again, like I was saying, not only myself, they, they make these big decisions but not really thinking through. And mm-hmm. I noticed that a lot of my clients were doing the same thing. 
so I decided, I said, let me write this book to talk and lift up and highlight more about compatibility. If this is such a big decision, we need to really be thinking through it and making a smart decision. And so uh, that was the inspiration of the book, to help people guide them to really get to know who they are, what their true note yeah. is, and then find someone else that's playing their note. And if you find somebody you can harmonize with, then you can make beautiful music. And so that mm-hmm. was the inspiration of called The Harmonious Way. That's amazing. That's very interesting. That's, yeah. And it's interesting, I think, too, because did I hear you say that you pushed her into marriage? Typically, it's usually the other way around. Is that true, Dr. Turpo, where we are trying yeah. to get the man to the altar? Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to get married. I was the marrying type. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, and speaking of that, let's, like, segue into... I want to learn more about hypnotherapy. So that's kind of like where you, like you're using your mind to try to break bad habits. Is that correct? Um, hypnotherapy, basically what, what we're doing there is just really uh, going on a subconscious level to uh, look at some of the things that have happened to you in the past and trying to honor un- why you're, yeah, why you're, un- why you're under that. We try to, um, uh, try to heal some of those things and get some different messages gotcha. than what you came up with when you were a child. Gotcha. Okay, so I am familiar with that. I was pronouncing it wrong. My apologies. Um, okay. So, no okay. Yes. Okay. And what what does it mean to be uh, heart centered? Uh, because what we're doing, the heart centered hypnotherapy, is really getting at the heart, the emotions, and the feelings that were going on back then when you were experiencing these things in your past. And we just try to get heal those emotions back then, come up with some different cognitions and conclusions and try to heal at, at the center of your heart. It's, a, it's an emotional type hypnotherapy. Oh. And how important is it, Dr. Turpo, to kind of go back and, you know, reveal that and understand it? Does it have, have you seen, like, while doing it with, you know, you know, the people that come to you and things like that and doing it over the years, have you noticed that it is a big impact into their you future can, relationship? Yeah, yes. I mean, it's. I look at it more as a tool for personal growth, uh, really healing and personal growth. Uh, but the person has to be ready for that and they have to be willing to go on that personal growth journey uh, so that they can be better as a person. Uh, mm-hmm. to, for you to bring your partner into counseling because they need to be fixed and they need to deal with the issues because they weren't breastfed as a baby or daddy didn't come visit them on the weekends like he said he was, that is not going to work in your interpersonal relationship counseling with your with your partner. And and speaking of that, so like you said, like it's not going to work if you bring your partner. So what if you are, you know, in a relationship with someone and they are kind of, you feel that they're emotionally unavailable what have you seen in, like, your counseling practices, or I don't know if you've kind of been in this situation where someone else is kind of finding, like, hey, you know, my boyfriend is emotionally unavailable. How do I make him more open to me? Because what do I do? Because I feel like a lot of people are in that situation where they think they're the answer. And, you know, a lot of us out there yeah. always want to be the one to change that person, to be like, oh, they'll change mm-hmm. me, to prove how much they love me. They're going to become so available emotionally to me. Um, let me speak it into life. <laughs> Well, sure. yeah, first of all, first of all, we got to understand that men and women tend to be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, men don't like emotion land, emotion world, uh, because it's a thing that they're not good at handling. Women love emotion world. They love relationships and emotions and feelings and communicating. And so they're not a big, so men are not a big fan of doing doing things that they're not good at. And uh, that's why going to counseling and talking about feelings and emotions, this is not something that they're used to, and they kind of right. gripe and complain about it. And so, uh, first of all, just understanding who you're dealing with. So when the men do come to counseling, that's a, that's a big kudos for them for that. At least they're open to trying to do better. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's a good thing. And so what I do is I teach men how to be, how to communicate more effectively about their feelings. And a lot of times men don't, they've had bad experiences in the past when they've tried, didn't go well because both the men and the women really don't know how to communicate that well. Some people think most people overestimate their ability to communicate, 
They think just because they talk a lot, oh, I'm a good communicator. No, you just talk a lot. You ain't a good communicator. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so so just because you talk a lot, that may be the problem. I mean, somebody tries to communicate their feelings and it doesn't go well, you shut them down or criticize them or don't empathize and over-talk them and interrupt them, uh, and it ends up turning into the argument, then I felt it's a bad experience, and when I have a bad experience, I feel punished. And the more I feel punished, the less I'm going to do that behavior. So mm-hmm. we got to really think about that and actually get some counseling, uh, learn how to communicate and respectfully communicate for both people because men already are not a fan of it, and if it, they try it and it doesn't go well, then they become even less of a fan of it. Right. No, definitely. Ooh, powerful, powerful answers here. We're we're getting enlightened with all the knowledge. Um, we're going to go into our next song, which is Love the Way You Lie by Rihanna and Eminem, and we will come back shortly. Just going to stand there and watch me burn. Well, that's all right, because I like the way it hurts. Just going to Can't tell you what it really is. I can only tell you what it feels like. And right now it's a steel knife in my windpipe. I can't breathe, but I still fight. Well, I can fight as long as the wrong feels right. It's like I'm in flight. High off a of love, drunk from my hate. It's like I'm huffing pain. I love her the more I suffer. I suffocate. Right before I'm about to drown, she was supposed to take me. She fucking hates me.
What's going on, everybody? This is George Sandy Jr. I'm looking for a few people to march with me. Will you join me in the march? If so, I want to take a few people with me. So be sure to join me as we march to greatness from thelovezoneusa.com. for a few more minutes, um, and I want to ask you about counseling before marriage because I'm seeing like this is the new wave, the new trend where um, a lot of reverends, ministers, pastors, what have you, um, are demanding or they're mandating that before they marry a couple, they must sit through some sessions and go through pre-marriage you know, marriage counseling. Do you agree to that? Do you think that's a good idea? That, that, does that help? Um, or, you know, is, is it just whatever? How do you feel about that? I think it's a very, I think it's a very good idea. Um, I think we need more of that. People really need to think through who they're getting with, not depend on emotions like we were talking about earlier. And I'm glad to see that pastors are more and more doing that. It used to be in our community, pastors would say, no, you don't need counseling. Just pray about it. Make sure you pay your, me your tithes while you're at it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so have, you, have you ever personally told a couple to, like, run for the hills, break up now, run uh, the other way? Very very rarely. I, I'm, okay. I have. There have been a few times, but I, I try to help you to come to that conclusion on yourself. But there have been a few times I've, I've, I've made it bluntly like that, made that statement. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, it's better that you come up with that like it is. on your own. It's better that you yeah, come up with that. Yeah, but what if you can't see the forest for the trees? Then, you know, we need you to jump in and be like, hey, red flag, this may not be for you. So, because we've yeah. all made that mistake, like you talk about putting the red peg, in, the round peg in a square hole. I think a lot of, of too, I know as women, we try to force these relationships because we're like, oh, he's probably the best thing out here. We just want to, we don't want to date anymore or we don't think, uh, you know, it's any better out there than what we got. So we just try to force things and make things work. So, um, yeah, we definitely need your voice and your <laughs> your opinion. So you got to let us know, Dr. Turpile. <laughs> yes, yes, I mean, yeah, I do see women do that a lot, and um, they really uh, put up with a lot of bullshit. And that's, yeah, you know, that's a lot think... of... Go ahead. Go ahead. I know, I just wanted to ask you, do you think as women get older, they get more desperate, or do they get more of, you know, I know what I want and I'm not settling? They get more desperate. Well, okay. <laughs> and they get yeah. And they get afraid. They get afraid to get back out there that how am I going to be able to compete now that I'm older. But every year you put up with it, it gets worse and worse. Now your market value is going, value's going down even even lower the longer it goes by. So you right. need to not put up with that. You ain't got time True. to bullshit with the dude. No, no, certainly no. Mm-mm. I you got a biological <laughs> clock. If you want to have biological kids, you can't be time putting up with bullshit. No, you can't. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, hey, you never know. know because Janet Jackson had a baby at 50, so anything is possible. You know, you find yeah, the right billionaire, anything is possible. Anything <laughs> is possible, but it's, not, but it's not, anything is probable. It's not, I mean, anything is possible, but it's not very probable. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Right. Grupo, thank you so much for, you know, being here with us and sharing with us and sharing your knowledge. Um, if you could just yeah. tell the listeners again, you know, where they can find you, if they want to reach out to you, where they can, um, you know, get your book and just all that information. Sure. sure. You can find me at blacklovedoctor.com. Uh, you can, my book is called The Harmonious Way, uh, Find Love and Marriage by Playing Your True Notes. You can find that on Amazon. And my CD is called Courageous Communication, How to Have Hot Topic Conversations. You can also find that on Amazon. Um, and my YouTube channel is right. my name, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, Turpo, T is in Tom, U-R, P is in Peter, E-A-U. Phone number is 678-522-6548. 
Oh, thank you so much once again. We hope to have you back on this show very soon. Um, hey, thank I was, you so much for I'm being in, here. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. You all did a good show. Yes. You got me you got me dancing tonight. You got some bumping music, a good yes. conversation. Good job. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Sherpa. Oh, it's certainly an honor and a pleasure, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us, and we definitely want to have you back. Okay, well, thank you for having me. Have a great evening. Okay. Oh, Nicole, what a great show. I'm so I'm so happy. It's been so great, so much knowledge. Yes. Um, listeners, Absolutely. tell us what you feel about the show, and if your friends missed it, they can catch it on Blog Talk Radio, they can catch it on the iHeartRadio app, so make sure you share it with them. Um, also, I want to give a shout-out to our producers and Denise for being so amazing. And also, Denise's cutie baby boy just had his first birthday. Yeah. Logan. Logan, happy birthday. <laughs> yes. You are our little heartthrob. We love you. You're getting cuter and cuter each day, and I cannot right. believe that he's already won. <laughs> I just told Denise that the other day. <laughs> God, time flies, right? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, you know, listeners, thank you for an amazing show. Thank you for listening to us. We catch us next week, same time, same place. Uh, Nicole, thank you so much. It was so great catching up with you. Same here. Always great spending time with you as well, Karish. <laughs> and, um, yeah, now we we go into our last song, just like uh, Nikki and Cardi. It's Ape Shit by Beyonce and Jay-Z. The highly anticipated new series. You're the charmed one. Nothing is stronger than your sisterhood. From the creator of Jane the Virgin. Throughout history, strong women were called witches, and we are. We have to unite. The powerful series premiere, Charmed, following the season premiere of Supergirl, tonight on The CW. It all starts at 8 p.m. Supergirl, followed by Charmed, only on PIX11, The CW. You 
are witches. The most powerful trio of witches. The highly anticipated new series. You're the charmed ones. Nothing is stronger than your sisterhood. From the creator of Jane the Virgin. Throughout history, strong women were called witches, and we are. We have to unite. The powerful series premiere, Charmed, following the season premiere of Supergirl, tonight on The CW. It all starts at 8 p.m., Supergirl, followed by Charmed, only on PIX11, The CW.